0: Three, two,
1: one.
0: Here we go! Welcome to Matt Gaines Live. I'm your host, Cassandra Gaines. It's another Friday. Get your drink. It's time to stop working. It is time to learn about freight. Meet some new people and get yourself a beautiful drink I have here in Old Fashioned. We're at the One Rail facility in Orlando. They have a new beautiful headquarters. Check out our previous podcast so you can learn more about One Rail and what services they offer in the final mile world. They are doing something very cool. Please, you will be missing out if you don't read up on this and check it out. So right now, we're going to turn our attention to this Friday to a shipper, a lovely shipper, Moid. We are very excited to have you with us could you introduce yourself please yeah
1: of course cheers great to be here cheers. happy friday how
0: is that old-fashioned
1: it is very tasty it's a smoked old-fashioned and it's perfect, it's uh, perfect. Uh, setting for this uh, podcast it is yeah. uh so by introduction so Moy delvi uh, i work for american tire distributors i'm recently joined them about uh seven eight months ago uh and then prior to that i spent about 20 years at target uh, all in supply chain. Uh, so I'm kind of a supply chain nerd, kind of oh, that's wow. what I've, uh, you know, known professionally. I did uh, dabble with software engineering out of college, but supply chain is kind of my true passion. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, that's very yeah.
0: interesting. Um, but wait a second, we have to st- take a step back. Okay. So what part of software development do you like, no, fuck this, I'm out?
1: Um, Well, the part where you did not interact with other humans is really what I was (laughs) like, all right, I'm out. (laughs) It's like, uh, go in your cube and write this code for however long it takes. I was like, yeah, I don't know if I want to do this. (laughs) Uh, And as you know, supply chain's not like that at all. You know, it's like a lot a very, while it's technical and all that stuff, it's also very people oriented uh, discipline as well, which is exciting.
0: It is. So do you use any part of that background at all?
1: Uh, You know, a little bit. I actually went to school for um, statistics and software development. And I feel like just that analytical uh, background is helpful in, you know, any type of problem solving and those type of things. So while I'm not, you know, coding, uh, thinking is still applicable in a lot of different aspects.
0: Yes. It's always good to think,
1: (laughs) Moyd. I think so. Um, I
0: want to go back to this drink. Yeah. So a secret I learned about you is you love whiskey. Yes. And do you have a secret, like, whiskey wall in your basement? I,
1: I do. Uh, you know, so I... Yeah, I do. Talk so about I, secrets in basements. Yeah, secrets in basements. Um, so I got into whiskey probably about uh, 15 years ago. Um, started with scotch, just, you know, tastings. And then I got the chance to go to Scotland and learn more about kind of how they have different flavors in different parts of uh, Scotland. Um, interesting, I learned that you can start with the same two ingredients, in the same barrel if you age them in different parts of scotland the flavor profile was completely different what based on the um environment the air the uh, plants in the area so, which blew my mind it's like it's the same ingredient same thing it's just aging in a different place huh. and so then i got you know more curious about that and then expanded into bourbon most recently japanese whiskeys etc so um you know when i i built my house uh, about four or five years ago, and the builders were like, "Hey, like, what do you want to do with this space down in the basement? It's not big enough for a bedroom, but you know, some people could use it for storage or whatever." And I was like, "I think I have an idea. Let's put a bookshelf door and then make it like a little speakeasy." Yeah. And then you know, then the after that, the collection just exploded because you know, yeah. I had to fill the space. Yes,
0: naturally. Yeah, of Good course. Stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. Tell me the difference with Japanese whiskey. I've never tried it. I've never even knew they had whiskey. I didn't um, think it was something that... But tell me, like, what, what, what what should expect the first time I'm trying? And what are your favorites?
1: So what do you would expect? So my favorite is probably uh, the Centauri Toki. It comes in a rectangle uh, bottle. And um, I think what the Japanese figured out, there's some guy from... I'm going to forget his name, but he worked in some of the distilleries in Scotland. And, um, you know, the Japanese, just like anything, you know, like Toyota is a good example of they They will perfect kind of the process as well as the taste and that type of stuff. So it's rice based versus barley Mm -hmm. uh, based, et cetera. So it's it's very, very smooth. It's not as dark. Uh, And I recently made an old fashioned with the Toki and it is one of the smoothest old fashions you'll ever have. Yeah? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And what about the hangover?
1: I mean, it's still a whiskey, <laughs> so that, <laughs> doesn't whiskey. that doesn't go away. That uh, doesn't go away. But, you know, the flavor is really good. So it's a variety that, you know, one day you can have a scotch, the next day you can have Japanese, and then you can throw in some bourbon in the mix and, you know. That's great. Yeah, it's and an adventure. You
0: guys all know the way to his heart. Yeah, exactly. Um, cooking, his daughter, and whiskey. There you go. There and- you go. Dark basements. And supply.
1: Doors.
0: Oh, yes, supply chain. I meant to bring that up. So let's talk about supply chain. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that is why we're yeah, here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay, so uh, you had all this great time at Target. Now yep. you're at American distribution, Tire distribu- Distributors. Um. So how does... What is the world of Final Mile? What yep. did it look like before COVID? And yeah. now, what does it look like?
1: Um. Well, I think... Um... <clears throat> Final mile, I, th- I think personally, was just an emerging area prior to COVID. I mean, everyone knew what was happening. Everyone was dabbling in it. It was super fragmented, um, and I think just COVID just changed people's expectations. You know, in retail, uh, places like Target and others had to reinvent what final mile meant. Luckily, Target had invested and Shipped, which was their final mile provider, uh, but things like drive up. Uh, I think there's some stats out there that grew by like four or five hundred percent overnight because of the experience and the convenience that that forms. And all that is just a final mile experience. Uh, And now it's, you know, really common for, uh, you know, any commodity to be like, hey, like, why do I have to wait more than X amount of hours to get this? It's just like baseline table stakes to be like, this should be seamless. I shouldn't have to go to a different app, like I shouldn't have to pay extra. Like why can't I get this immediately, right?
0: Damn those customers and their expectations. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: it's like turns out they're, you know, want more and more from us every, every uh, every day. But you know, that would that's what makes it exciting to that's a that's a good challenge to be a part of, right? And um I think you know, partners like OneRail and, and others. Um you know are providing solutions and understanding that there are pain points as well as friction for both the shippers as well as the consumers in the space right um and so how do we just make this experience better make it seamless uh and I think the growth has been uh, immense i mean there's I was reading some stat there was twenty one billion packages shipped I believe it last year in the oh u s <laughs> um and it I mean the growth was like fifteen percent growth that right there's crazy. no other industry growing. Uh, with that type of scale and size, like it just means we all have yeah. too much shit. Just this is true. Everyone's buying a lot of stuff, <laughs> and very good? quickly, buying, and then they want it very quickly.
0: Just, just kidding. <laughs> keep buying. Keep shopping. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but what? Te- give me more details about, um, like the challenges you were facing, and then how you were like, what was some of that fragmentation? How was it impacting your business? And then when you guys reached out to OneRail or whatever yeah. solutions you guys came up with, what did that look like?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you know, in the in the tire industry, you know. Um, Some something everyone can relate to, right? Everyone's kind of had a car, driven a car and that type of stuff, right? Uh, And prior to COVID, um, you know, there was a lot of buffer and kind of, um, I'd say, just expectation of time uh, Mm -hmm. in your experience. You you know, you took your car, they didn't have the tires. They'd be like, leave your car, it'll be ready some days from now, right? That's unfortunately no longer the expectation, right? It's like, hey, I need a tire. If you don't have it or if you can't get it very quickly, I'll go find a different yes. place, right? That's the other thing with the emerging consumers. Mm, like, you know, business. there's not a lot of, um, there's less brand loyalty, but more loyalty around experiences, right? So, you know, we at ATD, um, you know, recognize that. And uh, we also wanted to protect some of the, uh, the uh, I'd say the processes that we had in place that gives us the scale to be able to, for the, our customers to order the night before or the day off and then get that product, you know, the next day or uh, same day. But we knew there was an emerging need to just get that immediate um, uh, fulfillment as well. Uh, So we partnered with OneRail for a 90-minute delivery, uh, which, so, you know, if you had a flat tire, you ran over a nail or whatever the case is, and for whatever reason that shop you go to or your dealer you go to does not have that tire, uh, they can get us from from us in 90 minutes. How come you
0: didn't just want to get your own fleet? And just build it out that way since you have so much volume.
1: Um, yeah, good question. So I think, you know, that type of a use case, um, um, there's not a lot of demand for that type of use case, right? So in that case, in that emergency need, you're maybe looking for one tire, you know, maybe two. It's rare that you're looking, even when you're looking for four, Okay. it's rare that that's going to happen so frequently. So OneRail was a great partner for us to to do that because it's more of a on-demand delivery, right, versus a regular replenishment type delivery. Um, and i think in most cases that's where um you know uh, retailers use the gig economy and those type of things to kind of fulfill that need um and so i think it, it was a it was a great match and a great use case for us to uh, deploy and it's you know available for everyone um is as that well. the only
0: use case you're using them for now or is uh right
1: now yes um i think there's a lot of you know we have our own fleet mm-hmm. uh, we've got about 1500 uh oh, trucks okay. so and drivers so uh, we do own our own fleet but they're kind of more regular replenishment type uh, deliveries or order, you know, uh, 11 p.m. get a next day type stuff. Right. Um, but I think our fleet and the one rail platform, there's some good synergy there too to kind of, uh, you know, connect those together as well and kind of drive up even more density in our in our uh, fleet um, than what exists today as well. So when
0: you were at Target, did they, sorry, I'm naive about this, but do they have their own fleet as well?
1: Uh, So Target does not. So, you know, Target's model is um, they would replenish to stores uh, using a lot of regional big carriers like J.B. Hunt and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, your kind of big name brands because they have a lot of volume to move both on the inbound side into the network as well as within the stores. And then the store final model delivery to a consumer's house is either, you know, through parcel, regional carriers, et cetera, if it's a, you know, two to five day delivery. Uh, And then the same day delivery was really their own kind of, you know, gig based platform, which is shipped. Um, So that was the model at Target.
0: So this is the first time that you've worked somewhere where you have a a fleet at your disposal tell yeah. me about like what's like what are the challenges and what are some of the things you're like this is great but this freaking sucks this is a pain in my butt um,
1: <laughs> well I, I think that's actually part of what attracted me to ATD was the footprint that that we have which is 113 DC spread nationwide yeah. you know any supply chain professional will be like hey I have 113 delivery points with fleet to my disposal I can do a lot of different things I can grow my core business and I can actually monetize that fleet and get into you know diversify diversify my revenue and you know partner with OneRail and do other things. The challenging part is it's 113 DCs, so there's a lot of, you know, um variability in terms of, you know, some are obviously your, you know, everyone tears their DC, you're your best ones, your average ones and then your not so great ones, but even our bottom 10% is, you know, 10 plus DCs, right? So it's just the scale is kind of at a is spread out, which makes it a little challenging to manage you know the bottom ten percent of target was like two buildings, right so there's a little different difference from a scale standpoint and then you know managing a fleet is a it can be a headache you know when you have like fifteen hundred trucks, you know there's maintenance registration, you know drivers, and as we all know, just the you know workforce in the warehousing logistics uh space is just it's challenging. Um, to find, to hire and retain kind of the right mm-hmm. talent. But, you know, we're competitive just from a wage standpoint. Our training, I believe, is best in class. We have our own training platform called, called Spark, hmm. which does really cool things. You know, we've got uh, telemetrics in the, in, the, uh, in the trucks mm-hmm. that monitors driver behavior, like are they coming to a full stop? And if we see any behavior that is, you know, inconsistent with the training, it'll automatically kick off a training uh, module to be like, Hey, like these are the type That's of behaviors you see. So it's I like, love that. There's I those
0: truckload carriers are listening to that. Yeah.
1: That's really cool. <laughs> so there's, you know, we're doing like all the right things, I believe to kind of drive up the, some of the pain po- or you know, minimize the pain points, but just the size and scale, there are things that come up, you know, constantly.
0: I, I love hearing more about this and more about your world. Cause it's, uh, it's just an area I haven't had a chance to uh, learn about, but is there, while we wrap up, is there anything else that we need to know about you? Any more onion peeling the layers? Am I going to find out from somebody like Stephanie's going to text me and be like, Oh yeah. We forgot to tell you. He's was like on an American ninja once and he also break dances and he plays guitar all of
1: those things are true (laughs) I'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) if that's the case we're going to do about five more podcasts yeah if something comes up you know we'll uh, dedicate an entire podcast to that excellent especially the ninja part yeah exactly that's really cool I watch
0: that show all the time well all right thank you for being with us no thank you you for having me letting us learn from you of course we'll see everybody next freight friday enjoy your weekend